Welcome to Inside the House podcast, episode number 10. Today here with Tim Wood, editor of the BMN magazine. Um, and uh, Tim, yeah, uh, welcome. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That's all right, no worries. Uh, so could you uh, just uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, um, Tim Wood, uh, Builders Merchants News Editor for four months now. Um, so relatively new to the, to the merchant sector, but not relevant, uh, not um, new as far as um, the industry itself, because I've worked previously for Heating and Plumbing magazine, uh, comes out every month. Did that for ten years, so I'm. It's like a, a natural fit for me to come out to the merchant sector. Um, dealt with installers and plumbers, uh, construction workers, the like who visit the merchant. So um, interviewing them, finding out about their experiences of of working industry, uh, and now I'm I'm on the other side, so to speak. I'm talking to the the suppliers, the buyers, the independents, and the nationals, um, the CEOs, the the managing directors, the chairman, etc. So it's a it's a really interesting time at the moment. Thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. Well, we're seeing a lot of change in the industry and a lot of change in the sector, which I'm sure we'll cover uh, today as well. But from from your beginnings, I'm always interested to find out. It's one of our sort of standard questions. Where what did you want to be when you was a kid? Where what was your sort of a dream job? Maybe when you were sort of ten years old or something. What did you want to be? I didn't have a clue. Okay, to be cool. Honest, uh, in all honesty, um, I think I made my decision when I was taking my my A levels. I want to take a couple of A levels, so I did a journalism course for two years, which incorporated two A levels. Communication studies in English, and then I did um, an NCTJ exam, and then I did an NVQ, and it kind of evolved from there. I worked on local papers, and then I decided to go travelling, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and then came back and I joined a trade magazine, Heating and Ventilating News, which is the mid 90s now, and I have been in that sector ever since. Okay, cool. As far as my career choice, didn't think I was going to be a journalist, didn't have a clue, um, but no regrets, love it. Um, it's a great, great industry to actually have a blank piece of paper and be able to, to come up with an idea um, and write about a company or an individual um, is, is great to, to actually see your work with a byline on top. It's very satisfying. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. You didn't have a clue what you want to be and you sort of evolved into a job that you love as well. So it's not banging your head against a brick wall and doing something you don't enjoy. Nope. Um, I never felt I could go to university. None of my family had ever been to university. But one of the things that we talk about regularly in on Heat and Plumbing Monthly when I was working on that, but also on Builders Merchants News, is is the balance between a, an apprentice and a university student. What is the best way to, to get into a particular sector? Do you do a degree or do you go down the apprentice route? Um, and to be honest, um, from the people I've spoken to, the training organisations, the manufacturers, um, the trade associations, the apprentice route is is where I would go. If I was rewinding my career back 30, 30 years ago, I'd go down the apprentice route um, and probably join this sector because I know so much about it. Yeah, I, I think it's very relevant. I mean, I didn't really have too many ideas younger what I wanted to be, uh, but then I suddenly decided I want to be um, a, a theatre lighting technician. I did that for a little while, but then just fell into my job mm-hmm. at Groton Stone as a salesman and then moved on to here at Trading Depot. And you were there 20 years there. Yeah, I'm still here, yeah. Still I'm still here. Still, still, still yeah. here. I mean, from, from that point of view, it's like Groton Stone being the bricks and mortar side and Trading Depot being on the online side and obviously a shift three years ago to move over to this. So it's, again, I continuously evolve in different roles within the business, doing sales and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's what you say, it's an exciting industry because there's so many different areas. We, we mentioned it earlier, we just chatting. Uh, there's so many different areas in this sector. Yeah. If you're in a builder's merchants, you could be doing on the counter, yard, driving. There's so many different areas. Yeah, yeah. I've done a, f- a few interviews since I've arrived on BMN and I, I 
visited the smaller supplier. I've visited the major manufacturer. I've done some business profiles um, with various people, and there is that that variety within a merchant or a supplier group. Um, you know, you can you can drive a forklift truck. You can do the. Um, you can be in human resources. You can work behind the counter. You can actually develop yourself. You can. You can. There is a career path, I think, mm. within the merchanting sector that you can start off right at the bottom, but make your way up. One of the people I spoke to um, had a dream that he wanted to have his own company, and within seven years, it achieved that. So yeah. you can have a dream, um, and and those dreams do come to fruition if you've got the the nous and you've got the um, you know the skills, etc., and, and the mm. funding perhaps as well yeah. um, to help you along the way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and it's not easy, is it? You've got to have, you've got to work. You know, that's that's one thing I think a lot of people forget. I want to own my own business, but I don't necessarily want to put the work in. There's so many things <laughs> that no, you have to you have to look at all the um, you know, the various parts of it. I think you, you know, with the guy I spoke to, he had to, he had all the parts in place, but he wanted to become part of a buying group. Um, no, there was a um, there was a real need for him to find out as much as he could about the buying group. Um, but now he's done so well. He's he's become one of the one of the founder members of, of the particular buyer group and um you know he, he just enjoys the experience he enjoys the the um all the the benefits of being with the buying group um you know he's taken it into his business and he's he's increased his turnover and he's very very successful in that mm-hmm. seven year period and that's what the merchandising sector is all about you yeah. know you can you can start off with a small acorn it will grow into a massive tree and you know the world's your oyster really yeah. and it's also the same when you say on your previous magazine when you're doing with plumbers as well and plumbers electricians you know a lot of them will fall into the job be an apprentice work their way up then eventually they'll get to a certain level maybe train go on their own and then they're on their own they might move up and they might employ a few people yeah. next thing you know you know 10 years have passed and they're running a plumbing uh exactly. Heat group company exactly yeah, yeah. i mean there, there are so many opportunities um you know, I've, I've spoken to so many plumbers, installers over the years, and and they do start off, and they, you know, they start off as an apprentice as a company, but with the training they get, the apprenticeship they serve, within three or four years, they are then running their own company, mm. and they can be their own boss, they can work their own hours, they can take on jobs, you know, they can develop a website, they can use social media to, to gain, um, you know, gain traction, um, you know, and but a lot of them they do such a good job in the industry that they are rewarded by people recommending them. They don't have to advertise a lot of them. You know, they do it because they're so successful at their job. Um, you know, so there there's so many opportunities to in this in not only the merchant sector but also the heat and plumbing side to to be your own boss. And I think that's what a lot of people do when they set out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So well, thank you for that. that was that was really good. Um, I suppose um, one of our subjects today we were talking about what was I say the um the the merchant traditional merchant versus the online is one of the things we was going to hopefully talk about um and just wanted to get your 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 take on where you see that and uh you know that was yeah i think the day the days are gone where um you know the one man band or a small company can actually go into merchant nowadays and have a chat um, with the guys behind the tray counter to have a cup of tea, maybe to talk about the football results from the night before. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, um, the tradesman is is going into a, into a merchant. Um, he wants to get the, the piece of kit he requires, and he wants to get on with the job. Um, online, it's very, very well. It's not very, very easy. Much easier, I think, to go on there, call up the website, mm-hmm. click on the button, get your order. Um, you know, there's next day delivery now. Um, for, for bigger, bulkier stuff, you can get stuff delivered to, to your site for three days within three days, whereas previously it took up to a week. Mm-hmm. Um, the industry has evolved. Um, there are two ways of, of, of operating. You can have online, 
But if you want to have a conversation, you want to learn more about the industry, you want to catch up and build up that personal relationship with the, the branch manager, um, people will still, if they had the time, still prefer to go in, I think. Yeah, but it's the same with anything, you know, it's the same with the high street at the moment. People um, maybe want to have the interaction with the high street, the person, the customer, um, you know, the manager or the people working behind the counter. They haven't got the time to go to the high street, park up, walk to the, walk to the shop anymore. Um, so they're all in from home. But yeah. you've, you're losing that special relationship you build up with people. Yeah. I mean, that, that's our fear across our, our group as well, I suppose. You know, from Groton Stone's perspective, uh, we're very much traditional merchant. And like you said, go in, have a relationship, have a cup of coffee, go in and, and do all that. Uh, and from a trading depot's perspective, it's all about you know the ease and simplicity of, of trying to get it you know, ordered quickly, efficiently, know it's in stock, get it delivered say next day, same day, we yeah. do same day now into yeah. London. Um, all this sort of stuff is is evolving. You know, that's the, the sort of Amazon effect where Amazon's sort of pulling more pressure on consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what a consumer's expectation is, is 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 geared today by Amazon really. You know, how they can check stock, know it's available, the, say the price to a certain degree. But the biggest thing is, is, is the availability and service. And that's the bit they always used to get from the, the traditional merchant as well. So we tend to find for us that we've kind of covered both of them across two separate companies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think it's choice. You know, yeah. you, you do want to be able to offer choice to your customers. Um, you know, as I said, it's it's all about it, it, today's world is so much quicker. It's everything. It's when you're answering the phone. You know, you don't have home phone numbers anymore. Um, and, and when when children sometimes or, or kids um, are now going to start an apprenticeship or they're applying for a job, they don't have the basic skills of being able to answer a phone because it's not there in the house anymore. It's not like 20 years ago where the phone was picked up, people would have a conversation. Um, I've spoken to, to some branch managers and we did a round table and we spoke to them about trying to recruit youngsters into the merchant sector. It's a very, very difficult thing because they haven't got the basic skills. Mm-hmm. Um, basic skills of communication, there's problems with spelling because um, you know, the, the young people nowadays are, are not spelling properly because they're using text. Yeah. Um, they're not writing so much. Once they leave school, they're not, they don't have to write. So there are problems getting people into this particular sector as well, I think. Um, definitely, so that's, definitely, that's another issue. It is. I mean, if you look at the the uh, I call it sort of omni channel. You know, I think where we cover it under two different areas. You know, kind of for the local builders, merchants, local plumbers, merchants, and that they kind of need to cater for both sides of it. So you've got the the plumbers, merchants can have the traditional, like you say, come in, see the branch manager, mm-hmm. get the relationship. But that's fine when you've got time to do it today. But when you want to be fast and quick and want to get in and get out, or you want to do click and collect, or you want to um, get it delivered to site or your location, or you've got several uh, guys within your team, you're employing several, like five guys, whatever, you might want to have them go be able to go and order all the parts they want and see what's being, you know, so they can see what's being ordered for those jobs, be able to invoice quickly to get their money in, you know, how, builders merchants, they don't really, builders merchants, they don't really help us with that in as much as that they don't have the facility and the technology to, to plug into their, Systems. I think merchants are looking out for a special deal. Um, I remember going to see a company uh, in South Korea called Navian, um, Navian UK, and they were trying to come in and take on the big boys within the boiler market. And they had a relationship with Plumbase, natural national merchant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole idea was that they would offer, offer exclusivity to Plumbase. They would then um, stock the, the Navian boilers and all the kit that went with that. Um, and it would encourage people to enter the, the plum-based premises because it was offering something new. I think if you go into a merchant and you can offer 
some some uh, product that isn't available in in other merchants, you you get that exclusive deal. You will encourage people into your into your merchant. You yeah. know, and I think it's getting something in that's a little bit different. Um, doing demo demo days, product demonstrations with a with a, um, a supplier or a manufacturer, mm. getting them in to do you know say it's paint or um, a floor compound. If you're getting someone to actually do a demonstration of how it works, the thickness of the the stuff that's um, you know, the liquid that's got to go on, or, or whatever it might be, I just think that um, if you offer something a little bit different, um, you will encourage new new customers as well as the repeat customers who come to you because they've built up that relationship yeah. over a number of years. Definitely, definitely. That that's a, a good point, and they're all parts of like the interaction and having the experience, and that's where the high street today as well is is kind of suffering is it's not given the consumer the experience. So you've got to give the customer, as you say, the experience of you know something to go there for, a reason to want to go down to that mm. merchant. And the demo days are great examples of that. Again, you know, uh, we do several of those as well. Uh, and uh, the knowledge behind the counter you know, is, is a key. You know, they sometimes a resource a plumber maybe coming in and seal that and say, Do you know. I need some advice. How do I do this? And believe it or not, the guy behind the counter, although he's not a plumber, would have trained for the manufacturer. So yeah, you can do this, this, and this, and just. Well, that's that's one of the beauties of actually going into the branch because you're actually speaking to someone who's who's trained, who's uh, who's over a number of years. You, you get guys in there who've been in behind that counter for ten years. Mm. They've accrued all that knowledge, and they're passing it on. You don't get that online. No, that is the difference. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's all about speed online. It's not about the the service. It's not about the interaction. Um, and I, th- I just think that if, if you go into the branch, you do get that service, you get you get that um, experience of the person working behind the counter. They might offer you an alternative to the product you want. Um, they might say, you know, you can get this. You might have to spend a little bit more money, but you're going to get extra value through this. In the in whenever you're buying a product, you get what you pay for. As far as yeah. you know, the money's concerned, you you don't, you don't pay as much. You don't get such a quality product. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you need the expertise of a of a branch manager or the rest of the team. Yeah, definitely. I, for me, the omni-channel experience I mentioned a minute ago, to me, for the bills merchants moving forward, if they want to continue to be at the forefront of merchanting with the younger generations coming through, the iPad generation, the kids, the younger lads who are going to be their own bosses soon, you know, in three years' time with mm-hmm. that Gen Z have moved up and they're now running their own companies, they've done their apprenticeship, they're moving off into the real world as their own business. Yeah. They're not going to be potentially in the same way of coming in and having that relationship and talking a day to day. So the, the merchant for me has got to ha- evolve into a way that it can have not only the, the day-to-day conversation, but can have a seamless integration with online, seamless integration with Click and Collect. You know, even things like uh, ordering, get it um, invoiced, you can then maybe plug that invoice straight into their their own uh, accounting software so that the invoices come straight in like an EDI system like all the merchants mm-hmm. use today so mm-hmm. it gets done he can then approve it and it can go straight to payment and that way because these, these young lads are not accountants they can, they're, they're going to use software no, they're to do not, it they're not the, the thing is with um, anybody who goes into a merchant whoever the tradesman is they don't like paperwork they mm-hmm. don't like having to do the accounting they don't like having to sort the bills out and there are nowadays so many experts in the merchant sector who can help them. Mm. Um, they can do all the paperwork for them, which leaves the guys who are the experts in doing what they're doing. They're fitting the product. Um, they're, they're completely going to a, to a house, doing a job, and they want to get out. They don't want to spend the time. When they're not very good at it, it's not their 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 first skill. Mm. Um, they don't want to do all the all the nitty gritty. It's it's an essential part of the job, the paperwork. Which you don't get paid. 
or the, yeah. or, you know, the accounting and everything. But, um, you know, there are experts there and they should use those experts. Yeah, there definitely. are many companies that are wanting to help. Um, they provide very good services at competitive prices. Mm-hmm. So the, the tradesman or woman has got to tap into the expertise of those people who have got the professionals to do. I think younger people will, to be honest. I mean, the older guys who set their own business up tend to have done everything themselves and tend to be a bit more disorganised with their paperwork, which was an advantage to merchants anyway, traditionally. Um, whereas the younger lads, I think, will use, or younger men women will use um, technology to assist them or other outsource, outsource it because they're, they're so much more used to that kind of concept anyway today. Whereas... Well, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about the, the, the beauty of having a father and son team or a, yeah. or, or a father and daughter. You've got the two the two members of that particular team. You've got the dad or the mum who's very experienced. They've been doing the work for thirty years. They know no other way of of just going out and getting a job done, moving on to the next job. Then you've got the the mother, the the, um, the daughter or the son who will become part of the family, and they will be able to do the the social media side, the um, the omni channel stuff. They'll know more about all the modern technology that the dad will probably dad or mum will probably think I don't need to learn about that at my yeah. stage of my career yeah, I've definitely. been doing this for 30 years I'm going to carry on doing it I might be retiring in 5-10 years time yeah. but you've got the beauty of the, the younger person coming through and, and helping and when you put those two dynamics together it's mm-hmm. a perfect match because you've got the young person who knows all about the electronic side the digital side and you've got the dad who's got the experience yeah. that is perfect yeah. but you're not lucky enough to have maybe a, a son or a daughter who'd want to follow you into, into your particular career because yeah. there's so much available. There but is. a career in mer- merchanting just offers so much. You can work behind a trade counter, you can do forklift truck driving, you can work in a warehouse, you can work in human resources, yeah. health and safety, yeah. and you can start at the bottom and work your way up. And I've seen plenty of examples in this sector where you've just got people who who can become their own business, they can own their own business within 10 years of starting out. Yeah. So. You know, world's your oyster. I know I didn't know what I wanted to do when I, I, um, I left school. Didn't have a career path or anything. But had I known then what I know now, um, I would certainly have looked at a career in this particular sector because it's a very, very exciting and fulfilling career. Yeah, definitely. I, and where do you think it's going to be in the future? What's your sort of thoughts with the future of um, the, the omni-channel and online uh, and bricks and mortar? Um, you're still getting the traditional bricks and mortar. I think people um, will want to go down a traditional route because it's worked so well over a number of number of years. There are always going to be challenges. Um, all sectors are going to have to evolve. I think they're going to have to look at different ways of operating, the different ways of adding value to their customers um, to retain the customers that they they built up. Um, you know, so there will be the, you, you will have to go down and look at the, the sort of the omni channel and the digital route. As I said before, there are the experts in that. You don't have to just go in and think, crikey, what do I do? Where do I start? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got people who can develop websites for you, who can, um, you know, just generally help you in any form, uh, any ideas where you, you just feel uncomfortable about. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, for, for me, one of the for me, one of the big things I've sort of I kind of notice shifting is the fact that the the guys need to start to get to the stage of, of servicing their local. The local builder because they service mm-hmm. the local builder now yeah and i think traditionally they've always thought oh online means i've got to be able to drop a bag of cement in scotland from london yeah because someone's going to find my website and actually it's not that simple it's not it that isn't easy. that simple because you've got local local merchants or independent merchants even the nationals have got branches all over the country 
you know it's become more of a regional thing you want the you want to have, know that if you need something and you want to pop into the branch you don't want to do it online that there's a branch two miles away from where you live mm. um there are some companies that are, that i've spoken to in the four months since i've been on the job they are region specific they might just want to be in the south yeah. or they might just want to be in uh, in the north or they they look at the opportunity on a region by region basis whether it's going to add, add value to the business because you otherwise you're stretching the, um, the 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 manager of the store. They're gonna you can have store managers in the south. Are you gonna get people who're gonna want to develop and go to the north as well? Mm. Probably not. Um, so it is it is providing a local service and and it's very very much similar to the to the high street. You know, in the old days you used to get a butcher, a baker, and a candlestick maker in your high street. People go to the high street because they build up relationships with those individuals. Yep. It's now gone all those sort of services not necessarily candlestick making, I, I grant you, um, <laughs> will not go in, you will not find them in a, a national supermarket. So, um, you know, people are, people have built up that relationship and it, it was taken away by being put into a major supermarket. But um, I just think the merchant sector has to evolve. Um, it has to retain the customer, um, you know, and, and, and just be there for people when they want, want to, want, um, they do want a service. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the, the companies that are doing well, I mean, Selco, from a point of view of using the the one price model, to, for, for want of a better word, that seems to be a, a good model that people seem to be adopting. And uh, even a few local merchants have just recently adopted, like small family businesses got two or three branches. Instead of having the traditional merchant um, structure of, you know, everyone has a different deal for pretty much every price group category, they've gone for the one price model for the customers uh, maybe one or two different tiers but it seems to be much more streamlined very similar to the, the Selco model yeah I think you need to you need to make sure that you have the right product but you don't have too many of that product it gets confusing if you have too many sizes um, too many colours people just want to go in and, 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 and choose from a from a smaller array of products otherwise it gets very confusing yeah so you know I think you've got to you've got to You've got to speak to your customer. You're going, you've got a load of people who use the merchant on a regular basis, getting feedback from the people that are actually there and have used, used your services for, for years and years and years. I think you need to tap into why they keep coming, but what they're looking for. Yeah, definitely. That kind of covers a bit about what customers want because customers are customers are changing, customers are evolving, their buying habits are changing dramatically. Mm -hmm. If you go back over the last few years, that's changed so much. Um, and it's led by their consumer habit, I think. The consumer buying habit has changed dramatically and that will eventually move into the merchant side as well. It's, it's, it's a time factor, Darren, in all honesty, because we haven't got time. Um, you know, everybody's stretched. Um, that's what mobile phones are for. You, I, I commute to work on a, on a daily basis. Half an hour, I'm looking at my emails. I'm looking, you know, continue looking at my, um, you know, my outlook to to see what what's what's happening. And I'm I'm looking online. I'm looking at social media just to to try and find out what is going and what I'm missing. And I go away on a trip for four days. I come back and my my emails are full. You know, I yeah. try and do some work while I'm away. But it's the immediacy of of, of today. Yeah. You know, it's not like twenty or thirty years where you. You know, if you weren't there to pick up a phone call, um, you you were missed. Nowadays, you can leave, they can get in touch with you via email, via social media, via via the phone calls. Um, you know, so it's 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 fast paced, and I think the merchant sector and everything that's that's within it has to keep evolving. And 
and, and trying to keep up with that pace of life. Yeah, well, no, you're very right. I mean, it is fast paced and, and it hasn't kept up up until now. But I think people are starting to, in the, in the last year, and there's a few builders, merchants, and plumbers, merchants who've started to evolve and, and really started to try and get up to speed with, with social. But you mentioned before that, you know, you did a um, survey to find out about who wanted to read magazines. We did, we did. It was back in when I was working on Heating and Plumbing Monthly, but we did a survey to find out um, how many of our readers would prefer to, to get the copy online and how many would prefer it digitally. Um, it's, an old, it's an older dynamic, very similar to, I think, the merchant sector where there are a lot, a lot of older people over in, in their 40s and over. Um, and the question was, um, you know, which would you prefer? And and the answer was 80% of people actually wanted to get the copy posted through their letterbox, um, which I thought was was interesting. But then I'm looking at the age group and people, uh, you know, is the older age group who are still looking at magazines, still buying newspapers uh, and magazines in a print format. And it's the younger generation that, are, that may be looking at it on their, their, uh, their phone or their laptop. Um, but I just think it... it it's, a, it's going to evolve. More and more people, as, you, as the age dynamic grows, people retire, you are going to get more people who are going to actually want to go down the, the digital route. Yeah. But then the quality of, of being able to look at a phone, if you, for example, if you want to look at a step-by-step or a training article, uh, BMN is, is done over two pages. Um, it's a lot easier to read that on a, you know, a, a bigger piece of paper than it is looking at a tiny screen. Yeah, on your phone, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we have a website which we are we're looking at now, we're looking to upgrade that. Um but it doesn't fit on some types of phone. Um mm. so we're looking into that, you know, um we want every customer every reader of BMN to have access to it in whatever format they want. Yeah. I mean it's a bit like trading depot, we're just in the throes of designing and launching a new site, which will probably come towards the end of the year and we've had you know some people think that what our site is is good some people think it's excellent some people think it's okay we we know there's weaknesses in the site from a point of view of, of what it delivers to the consumer's expectation and, and what we can the experience you know we we want to give a different experience to say a plumber and a builder or an electrician than we do to a consumer because we have both on the site um, and we have a high proportion of trade so for us we want to give them guys a little bit of a different experience um, and then we also realize the same as you just mentioned that the the experience on a desktop is very much different to a mobile yeah and with mobile being such a, a huge amount of the traffic nowadays in it's more than, than the desktop just only just over um we're finding that okay well the experience on mobile isn't great so actually you need a better experience on mobile to make it more interactive to help with the conversion and the actual sale is the ultimate goal uh, and as the younger generation are so uh, savvy with speed and they want everything within seconds you know they want it now so if, if yep. your website takes seven seconds to load that's too slow you know <laughs> and, and they'll be gone they'll be yep. someone who has got a, a site that loads in two seconds so we're finding that we need to keep up with that as well and even that we're we feel we're at the forefront we're still behind so, well we're we are one of the leaders i like to think of bmn as far as social media is concerned we have a we have a twitter feed we have instagram we have facebook we have linkedin um i'm not sure that our rival publications actually have that but we we've noticed that there is a market there is a need for the young person to interact um you know we're constantly tweeting out every time we go to an event every time there's a um a major um happening within the industry we like to think we're across that we've now got twitter we've uh, so we've got social media side which is obviously every as soon as something breaks we have our our daily website which is updated upgraded we also have um the magazine which comes out every every month um and we you know we write across it people want yeah. 
little snippets of news or newsletters or they want a, the full-blown version of a of a feature within a magazine we are offering everything because we need to you know it's when i first started out in the industry 25 years ago on heating and ventilating news we did a, a weekly mag a weekly magazine that yeah. was it yeah well, and then when the plumbing yeah. monthly i yeah. did a newsletter and a magazine now there's you have to be across everything so, so we are learning on the job effectively yeah you, you've evolved and you've got an yeah. omni-channel experience yeah. um, which is what the industry probably needs to, to to be honest I think it's getting there and um, you know video is a huge area we, we produce a lot of content mm -hmm. now on video because like you mentioned you know sometimes things aren't always ideal for the mobile phone screen size so you need to then produce video content to to bring because we don't have a publication that we can put it in but mm -hmm. you know from our point of view video is the next best thing because a video speaks a thousand words you know only the other day i was trying to replace some batteries on something and like it, it was on the wall it was my alarm system and um you know couldn't get the, the, the couldn't get the thing off because if you take it off the alarm goes off so how do i do it so i just went onto the internet and googled it and so there's a video of how to do it so i watched exactly. the video yeah. You know, it was a 50, 55 second video, done, easy, up on the wall, I ain't got no manuals to read, it was done, so yeah. We... But if Google is a wonderful thing, if you need something uh, to be answered, any question to be answered, Google it, you know, mm. and you will find out, you, know, you can go into YouTube, and it, uh, so many companies within the merchant set have their own YouTube channel, or, or their content is available on YouTube. Mm. When we hold industry events as well, which are BMN branded, which we do in partnership with other, other people within the merchant sector, um, we we have to have the various formats with that. Mm. I said to you earlier on, we when we did a, a round table recently, we first of all we, we interviewed everybody who was taking part um, to get their um, their take on on the sector, but where they had come from. So a small snippet. So that was the first minute and a half, two minutes was about themselves. We videoed the the round table. We made notes from the round table. We tweeted out the best bits from the round table, yeah. uh, and then I did a four page write up on it. Yeah. So it, it, in the old days, it would just be the four-page write-up. You wouldn't yeah. have the social media, you wouldn't have the video, you wouldn't have the audio. Yeah. Um, and that was that was so well received by the industry because all the, the, the women that were taking part in that particular roundtable were tweeting it out, the companies they worked for were tweeting it out, the sectors they were working in were tweeting it out, you know, and it was liked. And then, you know, obviously with likes and, and, and all that sort of thing that goes with it, it just raises the profile of us, but of the women involved. Yeah, good. Um, you know, so it, it, it's not just about the what you can read in a magazine. Um, you know, sometimes you go on a, on a website and you get a shorter version of the of the, the what appeared in the magazine as well, because people might not have the time or the, yeah. the energy to read a, a four-page review of a, of a round table. So yeah. little snippets. Little snippets. Yeah, the, world, the world is evolving. Definitely. Um, yeah, within the merchant sector, I think there's one of the things that I've, I've certainly learned a lot about in the four months since I started was the, the role that, that women can play in the merchant sector as well. Um, obviously, they, they make up 50% of the population, so why not um, and use their skills and their knowledge and their expertise in the merchant sector? Um, I took part in the, the round table. Um, it was one of the first things I did within, the, within my job um, when I first started. And there were so many women there who had had their experiences, who were prepared to talk, talk about their experiences as far as how um, the merchant sector had, had worked for them or affected them. Um, there were women who had, had joined as, as you know, um, branch managers and there were those that were in really, really top positions. And they all said they loved the industry, they've had so much support from the, um, the men they work with and the women who... It's like a little network within the women. They all want each other to do very, very well. Yeah, definitely. There was one particular lady that I spoke to, and she said that there is this boy, old boys' network where some of the women think that 
they they have to play golf or they have to stay up till four o'clock in the morning drinking to seal that deal. Yeah. You know, and they don't want to have to be, play party to that. They're, their mums or their you know, their wives and they they just don't feel that they have to do that. They are as good as any man in if they're a sales manager. Um, you know, and and they feel that they offer a really good good alternative. Yeah, I've seen. Honestly, I've been in the industry for twenty years, and I suppose from my perspective, I've seen there's a huge shift in a lot more women in the industry. Where when I when I joined, there was only a few women at head office doing admin roles, and now you've got uh, women as managers. Um, say for here at Trade Depot, the the manager of Trade Depot is a, a woman. Um, you know you've got several in the offices here. The Grant Stone, you've got women in the yard, in the offices, in the you know the trade counters, in the warehouse, in sales sales managers. So um, area sales managers. So from that point of view, it's the, it's definitely evolved dramatically over that twenty years. It's probably not quite perfect, um, but it's definitely. There's a long way to go. Again, I speak to, well, listen to the, the ladies on the round table, and they said that there was one company that hired a female forklift driver, uh, and it was it was it was great because she was all over social media. Mm-hmm. You know, it raised the profile of women in the industry. It raised the profile of the company. But it should be the norm. You shouldn't have to have yeah. to worry about you know whether you've got a woman on board or a man on board. They can all do a perfectly good job. Yeah, and it's like you, you don't need to sort of. Um, you really just need to look at the best person for the job. We yeah. shouldn't be just putting women up in front of people and saying, oh, we've got a woman. It's got to be the best person for the job, whether it's male or female. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, so, um, yeah, I think that's that's something that could be done going forward, get more women in. Um, the experience that I've I've had, they are, you know, they, they love the work. They, mm. they are well supported. They're very good at it. They win awards for it. Yeah. Um, you know, so there should be far more women yeah. in the industry. I think also you, you think go back a long time when there wasn't very many. I suppose it would probably be more intimidating for someone to want to enter the industry because they would have been very much they're the only one in the branch or the only one in the company. And now, as there are more, it makes it more comfortable. I suppose as well. As, as yeah, it does. Have changed and yeah. attitudes have changed. Yeah, I mean, you know, there again, there was there was one of the ladies who was who was twenty, I think, doing the round table, and she said that initially when she went in, she felt very very intimidated. Yeah. but she was she learned to do her job and she ended up being well, a well very well respected member of the team um you know and she she looks back on it with you know she laughs sometimes as to how it was but she's just come out come out the other side and you know she's, she's become very very good at her job and um you know which is what everybody thrives to do be as yeah. good as you can at it, it yeah, doesn't definitely. matter whether you're male or female yeah exactly yeah good perfect um Tim, thank you very much for coming on You're today. You're very welcome, Darren. Yeah, thank been, you for having it's me. It's been good uh, having a chat about the uh, the world, as if it were. Absolutely. Yeah, as I said, I've only been on the publication for four months, um, you know, so there are going to be areas there that, um, you know, I haven't maybe got as much experience of, of other people who've been in the industry for 20 or 30 years. It's my view of, of what I've seen over the, the past four months, um, and I... I think the merchant sector is, is doing very, very well. It's thriving as an industry. The enthusiasm of the people, the experience of the people are making it um, a, a fantastic sector to work in. And I, I enjoy meeting up with people like yourself and uh, the other um, major players in the industry. So yeah, may that continue for me. Perfect. And, and if people want to get in contact with you or the publication, uh, what's the best thing to do? To do? Um, contact me on my email address, which is t.wood at hgluk.com. Um, and then I will come back to you straight away with anything. We can also go, all our details, all the editorial team, the sales team are available on our website. Uh, just Google Builders Merchants News um, because it is it is being 
revamped our website at the moment too. You know, it's taken a bit of time to do that, but we want it to be right. Um, that's going to have a lot of the, the omni channels within the, the, the content of that. Um, you know, we're going to have blogs and forums and, and Vox Pops and things on there. So that'll be worth the wait. Um, and yeah, we're all on Twitter as well. So, um, Brilliant. you know, at Builders Virtuous News. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks Cheers. a lot, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it.